630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Oh, another day at Dunder Mifflin. You know, I think that receptionist has a crush on me. You might have to look into that. Big announcement, first of all. Want to let everybody know I am undecided as to whether or not I will be a candidate in the upcoming federal election. I am available for recruitment by uh, any political party that might want to have me. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. It is Inside Sports on Oilers and Eskimos Radio 630. Chad, my name is Reed Wilkins. If you would like to reach out, if you would like to start discussing the Edmonton Oilers preseason, their roster, some comments made today by GM Ken Holland, which we will get to. You can always text 630-630, our phone number 780-496-0063. Email insidesports at 630chad.com. And yes, the Oilers rookies played last night in Calgary, and it was a game dominated by the Flames rookies. They won 3-1. You got an empty netter. They scored twice in the first seven minutes. Outshot the Oilers 18-4. Well, they outshot them for the entire game, but 18-4 in the second period. That was the most lopsided period territorially, though Oilers goaltender Olivier Rodrigue, after letting in the first shot of the game, was pretty good and at least kept the Oilers in the game. Evan Bouchard Got a power play goal early in the second period. Edmonton could not pull even. So they lose both games to the Flames. And pretty interesting what happened scoring-wise here. one nothing in the first game for Calgary in overtime. 3-1 in the second game. The Flames got two 5-on-5 five five goals. A 3-on-3 three three goal. That was the overtime one. They scored a goal into an empty net to seal it. And Edmonton got one goal that came on the power play. 5-on-4. So just two 5-on-5 five five goals non-empty net in uh, about 121 minutes of hockey. So that was pretty interesting. The Oilers rookies uh, on a whole last night didn't really get anything going. Tyler Benson, I I thought, still pretty good with the puck creating but uh, not as effective as he was in Red Deer. Evan Bouchard, good game on the back end. I mean, the guy can handle the puck. He can pass the puck. He can shoot the puck. I still think he's going to spend a lot of time in the AHL this season to round out his game. I don't think the Oilers want to rush anybody. Ken Hall in the GM of the Oilers, he said it again today. He said it while working in Detroit. In general, his rule is to not rush young players, to keep them in the minors for as long as possible and let them work on their game. I think that's going to be the future for uh, for Evan Bouchard. And he also said today, if you're not going to be uh, up, if you're, he doesn't want young guys being healthy scratches. He wants them playing. So that's something to remember as we move along as well. Good game for the goaltender, like I mentioned, Olivier Rodrigue. Dylan Wells was pretty good in Red Deer on Saturday. Stuart Skinner wasn't as busy in Saturday's game, but he was pretty good as well. So the, the goaltending, you know, one of the top stories for the Oilers coming out of the rookie camp. It's one thing not to score. I think what I would be discouraged about was that they didn't really generate a lot of zone time. They didn't generate a lot of chances, didn't get a lot of forecheck going. I I will say this, though, about Cooper Marodi. I mean, look, he and Benson were the best players on the Bakersfield Condors in the AHL last season, so they would have the highest expectations coming into this rookie camp and and maybe two of the guys who you might think had, would have a chance to, to push onto the opening day roster. Marodi was banged up Saturday in Red Deer, missed a couple of practices, so uh, I, I think i got to put that out there for uh, some people, me included, who might have been a little critical of his performance last night in Calgary. Definitely don't think he was playing at 100%. So now we roll into main training camp in the preseason, medicals and physicals tomorrow for the Oilers. They will uh, hit the ice on Friday, a couple of 
concessions under new head coach Dave Tippett. Preseason game on Monday against the Winnipeg Jets. And once again, the Oilers back on 6.30, Chad. 5.30 Monday for the face-off show. The game will start at 7. So what's going on with Connor McDavid? You have heard him be pretty non-committal about when and how much he might participate in the preseason in training camp, practices, all that kind of stuff. Dave Tippett has says we kind of got to wait for the doctors. Well, a little more concrete answer from Ken Holland today when he was asked how many preseason games for McDavid. Either one at most yeah. or very likely zero. Um, you know, we've got uh, three weeks to go. And actually, you know, I said somebody here, I mean, we're going to be conservative. I'd rather be safe than sorry. If he's not ready for opening night, he's not ready for opening night. Um, you know, I've been, um, he was obviously in Toronto all, uh, all summer. He's got a group of people there that were that were working with him on his rehab. Um, Mark Lindsay and Gary Roberts and obviously Jeff Jackson, his agent. There were some other people. Um, I got constant videos, one and two videos a week of him skating um, and training. And our, our training staff, our doctors were in communication. We had some uh, conference calls early. I, I took over in May, so May and June. And then they communicated uh, our, our staff with their staff. And I think that uh, everything we've heard all along has been positive. Um, you've obviously, you guys have seen him skate. I mean, he's involved in, uh, he's scrimmaging and he's uh, doing things three on three down low. So I think he's in a great spot, but uh, um, we might as well be conservative and safe. Well, that's what we keep hearing from the Oilers about McDavid's situation. And Holland actually put some numbers on it. You heard it right at the beginning. At most one, very likely none for how many preseason games McDavid will play. Now, the Oilers are busy next week. They play Winnipeg Monday, Vancouver Tuesday, Vancouver Thursday, Calgary Friday. So four games in five days on the preseason docket coming up. They play the 24th, the 26th, and the 28th. So you got to think if McDavid does play a preseason game, it's probably the last one on Saturday, September 28th in Calgary. And then they start the regular season on October 2nd. That's a Wednesday night against the Vancouver Canucks at Rogers Place. So you don't expect to see 97 in the preseason, maybe once. As Holland has said there, and as uh, me and other people attending the Oilers' informal skates this week have, have told you, he his mobility does not look affected. He he looks fast. It looks like he can makes the make all the cuts. He can go into the net. Still looks creative and speedy and everything that makes McDavid McDavid. Getting into contact, I would think that's the concern here. If he's banged around, jostled that around a little bit, is that PCL injury going to hold up? Could it be reaffected? Anything like that? So. They have yet, even though they are saying everything has looked good, he's progressing, he's, he's skating well, nobody has come out and said, you know what, don't worry about the preseason, he will play October 2nd. We haven't heard that. Now, it's still three weeks away, so maybe we are going to hear that at some point, but uh, Holland being very conservative, but he's the first one of the principals involved here to actually say, this is how many games he's going to play. And as he said, maximum one in the preseason and uh, very likely none. That's the word from Ken Holland. So there's the uh, update on the Connor McDavid story. The preseason, while we, we might be playing the waiting game to see McDavid and be, and be waiting for daily updates on how he's doing, the story of the preseason in terms of the roster and the players for whom the preseason is most important 
I mean, let's face it, it it's not Leon Dreisaitl, Connor McDavid, and Ryan Nugent Hopkins, and Zach Cassian, and Alex Chason, guys who are going to be on the team, and James Neal. There, there might be some jockeying for positioning, but the lines are going to change throughout the season anyway. The, the, the preseason is really the most key for the players competing for spots on the bottom six. And you probably heard Dave Tippett say it yesterday. He doesn't really look at it as you have his lines three and four. He has a bottom six. Maybe you have one speed line. Maybe you have one heavy line. So basically there are, are seven spots that need to be figured out there because I'm going to count a forward. Maybe there'll be two, maybe seven or eight, but I'll count at least one forward who's going to be a healthy scratch every night. So I just jotted down some names here. And these are names that I think forwards who are very likely to be on the Oilers' bottom six, some more likely than others, and their preseason will have a lot more meaning than it will for some other players. Josh Archibald, Tyler Benson, Colby Cave, Sam Gagne, Marcus Granlund, Gaetan Haas, Thomas Yurko, Jujar Kara, Brad Malone, Cooper Marodi, Joachim Negard, Riley Shane. Now, I could probably guess the six or seven that are likely going to make up the Oilers' bottom six when we go into opening day, but I think the Oilers, Ken Tippett, or Ken Tippett, I just combined them, Ken Hall and Dave Tippett, are, are very open-minded to seeing who can push, to see how Benson can do with NHL line mates, to see how Marody can actually do. Uh, you know, they... they Tippett's mentioned Brad Malone as a player who who might have some potential to be a bottom six player. The players they've signed are certainly going to get a get a long look. I mean, you bring uh, you bring Haas over from Europe, or bring you bring Negard over from Europe. You're, those guys are probably going to have an inside track on getting a position, but not sure exactly which one it's going to be. Ken Holland commented on what he needs to see from those bottom six players. When you're in the bottom six, you're looking for a lot of things. I mean, obviously, one of the things, you know, we're penalty killing. You know, um, we've signed some players that have penalty killed in other cities. Um, can we find some chemistry between pairs? And uh, we need some penalty killing. Then we want to get some uh, some secondary scoring. Um, you know, the, you'd like to be able to have some um, some size and, and, and maybe spend some time in the offensive zone. So um, over the seven preseason games, that'll be an opportunity. Those guys are going to play lots of games. They're all going to play probably four, five, six games. So um, we're trying to see who's going to make the team. But at the same time, you know, who, who's going to um, complement one another to form line combinations? And then, obviously, uh, who's going to play more minutes and what role they're going to have on the team? Those are the things that, that we're going to try to figure out here over the next three weeks. All right. Four or five, maybe as many six games for some of these players competing for spots, jockeying for position. That's going to be the most interesting. Who will embrace these roles? Who might become the Oilers' go-to face-off guy? Who might become their go-to penalty killers? Who's going to be willing to take on the minutes that aren't so glamorous and help the Oilers? Because we know what happened last year. Well, a lot of things happened last year, but one of the weaknesses on the team, first of all, if you talk about depth scoring, I just double-checked these numbers. The Oilers scored 229 goals. Three players had 119 of them. Nugent Hopkins, Settle, and McDavid outscored the rest of the Oilers combined 119 to 110. Uh, you'd, you'd maybe like that number to be, uh, you know, it's great to have three guys who scored a lot. It'd be nice to have whatever other nine forwards who dressed on any given game score a lot. And and we saw what happened last year. McDavid and Dreisaitl were on the ice. 
when they're on together, the other team pretty much went into a defensive posture. We're going to defend for 40, 50, maybe 60 seconds, not let these guys hurt us. And sometimes McDavid and Dreisaitl still could hurt the other team, but you go into a defensive posture and then you go attack when the other lines are on the ice because those a lot of those players in the bottom six, and I don't think it was about effort. I think it was just more about the composition of the roster and where they were slotted. Not only were they not scoring, they didn't generate any zone time. I mean, you have to go out there and, and eat the clock a little bit if you're a depth player. If you can score great. You, I mean, the great teams have scoring at least through three lines and sometimes even part of the fourth line as well. But can your third and fourth lines at least eat the clock and get some territory and prevent the other teams from doing anything? And I think one thing you got to look at here is can the Oilers have depth forwards who are good enough to put themselves into a position where the game is decided in the 20 minutes that Settle and McDavid are on the ice. Because when those two guys are on the ice, they're one of the best teams in the NHL. And last year when they weren't on the ice, they were one of the worst. So they'll try to balance that out a little bit more and, and at least get some, some clock eaters out of those bottom six players. All right, you can text 630-630. Our phone number is 780-496-0063. A little more from Ken Holland as we roll along. Inside Sports on 630 Chet. Hi, this is Ryan Nugent Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chad. All right, good to talk to you tonight. Got a text here at 630 This person says, move Rodrigue out. Can't have goalies letting in the first shot of the game in anymore. Well, tough for Rodrigue last night. Let in the first shot. Played quite well after that. Olivier Rodrigue's going to go back to junior. He's uh, definitely has a very good shot to be the goaltender for Canada at the World Juniors over Christmas. So keep that in mind. Pretty good prospect uh, there for the Oilers. Another texter says, can you say load management, LOL? A little bit of a Kawhi Leonard reference as we roll into the Oilers season. Uh, this texture says, I hate that term, bottom six. Well, I hear you. There's a lot of terms that I get tired of hearing and saying myself, but everybody knows what it means. What can you do, Kellen? Just be you. <laughs> That's it. Thanks, buddy. I'll be me. Just, you be you. Everybody, just uh, be yourself. You don't You don't have to like bottom six. By the way, Wilkie for pre uh, PM... I'm all on board no, for that. No, no, I didn't say I'm running for prime minister. I well, said, I, well, I, I actually, that's not true. I said I would run as a, I, I, I would consider running for as a candidate if approached. So if there were a political party that didn't have a leader, then I guess I could run to be uh, an MP in my riding. And as the leader of that party, I, I could be prime minister if that party won. I mean, we could establish a party if you want. Well, I think you have to run a certain number of candidates, don't you, to actually be a party? You can't just be one person. Oh, okay. By the way, I'll throw this out there as to uh, my buddy Tom Gazzola took a picture of the media scrum with Ken Holland today. And apparently people really like my uh, Montreal Expos cap. <laughs> this, I, I wear my Montreal Expos cap when I golf. And it's not the blue one. It's the original one the, with the, the three colors. 
and when I wear it on the golf course, nothing starts a conversation more than the fact that they wear an Expos hat. And then I, Tom put it on social media today, and I'm getting all these mentions, oh, nice hat, nice hat, you're an ugly man, but nice hat. So I'm, I'm glad my Expos hat brought people joy. One guy who brings me joy is Elvis. Go ahead, buddy. Hey, Reed. you know, I'm excited for the season already. It happens every year. It's almost like Christmas for me. The preseason, I am so... This is probably the best preseason excitement that I've had in years and years. We're going to have competition. No one's going to be awarded a job. There's going to be competition. You got Archie Ball. You got Shahan. You got Gaetan Haas. You got all these guys, Marodi. I'm so looking forward to it. And the, the the best thing that I like about it is that we we get to watch we get we we get to watch a pretty articulate coach. That's gonna gonna set things a little different um, than before, and I, I really I really like the way when you said that he he didn't say third line or fourth line, he's got two lines that are gonna work hard. I really really like that. I, I love listening to it. And are you gonna be down at the rink this year broadcasting? Oh yeah, of course. Free game show. Yeah yeah yeah. And then yeah, you're we'll gonna be, do we'll, the, uh, that. yeah we'll be in Studio 99 again. Yeah, I believe yeah, so. yeah, I believe starting Monday. Yeah. Oh, that's very cool. And you know, I'm 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 really really I'm really really looking forward. My biggest thing is to see the competition that's that's going to happen for uh, for for for. And I hate that term too, the bottom bottom uh, six. But there's going to be there's going to be some really good competition, and I love the fact that they're gonna they're gonna make them work and work hard. And I love that the Oilers. Everybody I'm talking to, everyone's saying, "Oh, they're they're going to miss the playoffs. They're going to miss the playoffs." Well, you know what? That kind of takes a little. That, that, there's a lot of pressure, but I think that kind of eases it a bit in a, in a roundabout way. Thanks, Elvis. Have a great night, bud. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We also have Bob calling in. Go ahead, Bob. Hey, Reed. Uh, just to kind of stick your neck out, do we or do we not make the final eight this season? Like the second round of the playoffs? I well, I would say no, no, no. Yeah, are we in or are we out? Oh, you're asking me to pick before I've seen any preseason games. <laughs> well, Look, nor am I. <laughs> I tell you what I think right now. I think San Jose, Calgary, and Vegas are the top three teams in the Pacific. That leaves the Oilers fighting for fourth, probably with Vancouver and Anaheim, or not Vancouver and Anaheim, Vancouver and. Um, uh, and the Coyotes. I think Edmonton should be better than Anaheim and Los Angeles. The problem is the Central is really strong, and I think they're going to get both wild card spots. So from what I'm telling you there, uh, I do not have the Oilers in the playoffs on September 11th. But I do think they will be probably at least a little bit better than last year. Yeah, 17 out is a little far. Um, the second thing is, you know, going back to, um, you must have heard it before, um, that game against Anaheim, okay, you're up 2 nothing after one. You're up 3 nothing after two. The only way you can lose it is to lose 4 nothing. But all the calls that I listen to or you get, lead is when the Oilers win, you don't hear about the referees. And uh, it, it was just monotonous on, hey, you know what? We got beat 4 nothing when we had a 3 nothing lead with one period to go. Any thoughts? 
Well, we're going back in time a bit there. I mean, I remember talking and after that game, I remember Rob Brown was sick and uh, Drew Remrenda hopped on with me and he's going to come on in the next half hour. And he thought the Oilers played too passive with the lead in the last five minutes and let Anaheim get the puck to the net. And that's how they and that's how they tied it up. I mean, it, it was a bad call, but you're right; they, sh- they they shouldn't have blown that lead. But we'll we'll move on from that one. That was uh, it was two and a half years ago, though. I know it will live in infamy in oil country. We'll check in with uh, Drew in the next half hour. A little more from Ken Holland. More time for your calls and texts as well. Eskimos on a buy, of course. They're home next Friday to Hamilton. Listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 630 Chad. I guess we could register the Silver Lake Alliance of Wrestling as a political party. Maybe a bit of a stretch. What do you think, Kellen? You'd have to run too then. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, sure. I'll be a candidate. What are the issues? Eh, nothing. I'll be minister of keeping it real. The minister of keeping it real. That is beautiful. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. You're all beautiful for listening. We'll have Drew Remenda coming up. A little more from Ken Holland. You can text 63630. This texter says, I don't know what's different this year compared to last. Last year, we also said there will be competition on the Oilers. Well, fair comment. And I realize as Oilers fans, you've, you've been down this road before. Well, maybe this guy will help. This guy can do this. And a lot of things haven't worked out. What do I remember about last year? Sicily, 2018. Oh, wait, that's another show. Uh, what I remember last year was Toby Reeder was supposed to score 10 to 15 goals. Alex Chason came in on a PTO. We didn't know if he'd made the team. He did, and he did pretty well. Uh, Jason Garrison uh, was around on a, on a PTO, eventually got traded. And uh, what else do I remember from last preseason? The Oilers were looking for someone to play on the right wing. Yessi Pugliarvi, Ty Raddy, and Kyler Yamamoto all had good preseasons. And it looked like, okay, it's going to change going into the regular season, but hopefully at least one of those guys will contribute. Well, none of them really did for, for a variety of reasons. So fair comment from that texter. And uh, I think Tippett said it yesterday. Hey, it's that time of year on paper. Everything looks great. This is going to fit here. This is going to fit here. This guy uh, is going to do this. This guy is going to do this. It doesn't always pan out. I I do think that, I mean, Holland has went out and he hasn't spent a lot of money on free agents, and most of them have, have gotten a year or two. So it's, it's players who are relatively easy to walk away from if they don't work out. That's a positive, but you know them not working out in itself is the negative but but I do th- I, I do think you know Archibald Granlin Shane they they know who they are they know what the role is supposed to be they're not going to be relied on to score a ton though you hope gets you get some secondary scoring and you throw them in with you know some competition with Cave Gagne Haas Negard who are totally you know what totally up in the air for those guys and, and I'll say this to that texture I totally acknowledge that. The, the guys who have played in the NHL, like Archibald and Granlund, at least you kind of have a sense of who they are. And and you're thinking, well, even if they don't have a career best season, they should be able to do this. Now, hey, a year ago, we would have been saying that about Toby Reader. 
So so totally get it. Totally get it. I mean, no, no, even the probably even the guy who thought Toby Reader was the stupidest signing ever wouldn't have thought he wouldn't score. But but anyway, you know, at, at least for the guys who have played in the NHL, you have a gauge for what they're going to do. So so fair enough to that texture. We're hoping that Negard and Haas will be competition, but we don't have an actual gauge on what they can do in the NHL because they've never been in the NHL. And sometimes playing in Europe just doesn't transfer over. You know, NHL ice is smaller, the schedule's more grueling, the game is more more physical, you know, it's got the best goalies in the world, all that kind of stuff. The, the f- advantage for them is that they're a little older players and they're more established in who they are. So I think that's what Holland is is hoping for. But hey, to that texture, you're right. Right now we're saying they're, they're going to be comp- competitive for spots. Maybe we get through the preseason, five, ten games into the regular season, and they just can't do it, and the Oilers are looking short again. But, you know, fair comment, but all, all I can tell you now is, is why they're signed, the possible advantages to them being signed, and the possible drawbacks. But but absolutely, the Oilers fans, you've been burned on player signings before, so I get where some of that stuff would come from. Come from. Uh, one other thing the Oilers and their fans have been burned on in the past is bringing young players into the NHL before they were ready to play in the NHL. So what about Evan Bouchard? Defenseman, first-round draft pick last year, can clearly handle the puck, can clearly shoot the puck. What's going to happen with him? Ken Holland was asked that today. My philosophy has always been to be very patient with young players. Um, now, I did put Dylan Larkin on the Detroit Red Wings when he was 19. So, um, you know, for every rule, there's an exception. I thought he played very well, um, those two, the, the two rookie games. Um, I think he was our best conditioned athlete by all the testing um, of all the, of, the, of the rookies. So he's done his, he's put his work in in the summer. Um, I want to see, watch him play in preseason. And uh, obviously there's, you know, you got some three, four, you know, you got Persson who came over from Sweden. We got Lagesson, Bear, Jones from uh, the American League. You got Bush, you got Samarukov, and then you got all the uh, Manning and you got all those other players that were on the team. So I'm looking forward to watching, uh, I think Tip and I are looking forward to watching in preseason and seeing how it all shapes out. Well, obviously we're going to carry seven. He's not fighting for, for seven spots. He's fighting for six spots. My philosophy always is, as you're putting the roster together, I'll say to the head coach, you're playing tomorrow, uh, tell me who's in the lineup. And if a young player's not in the lineup, he's going to the American League. If he's in the lineup, then we have a, a further conversation about um, where he fits. I'd rather make the call during the season to call the player up than to make the call during the season to send the player down. I, I think it's easier on their, 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 their mind, their mentality to be working their way up than, than down. So um, the young players have to, uh, have to take the job from, from a veteran. Well, so I think the message there is Evan Bouchard has to be really, really, really good in preseason and training camp to make the orders. And what do you say? It's easier to call him up later on in the season than to send him down. So I, I think barring some kind of spectacular performance by Bouchard or maybe uh, maybe injuries on the Oilers' defense, Bouchard's going to start the season in the American Hockey League. Jay Bueller texts again. He says, my path to happiness this year. And you know what? First of all, Jay, that's an excellent way to start a text. Who doesn't want to have a path to happiness? He says, my path to happiness this year is to let the team and management do their things. I do not have any expectations, do not have any hope. I just want to see some good hockey from the team I've cheered for for the past 40 years. 
I'm still putting $50 in Vegas on the Oilers to take the cup. That is from Jay, texting 630-630. We'll get some thoughts from Sportsnet's Drew Rabenda when we get back. Subscribe to the Inside Sports Podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcasts. This is 630 Chad Inside Sports. He spends his summers in Saskatchewan. Don't hold it against him. He's an analyst for Oilers broadcast on Sportsnet. It's my good buddy, Drew Remenda. Drew, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? I'm good, Reed. How was your summer? My summer was generally pretty good. I'm still a terrible golfer. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you should do what I do. You should do what I do with golf, and that is give it up about 12 years ago. I've so. considered that. I've considered that. But, but, but the summer for me is, is, uh, is part of my social life because I actually get to, to see people that I often don't have time to see. So I've decided I'm just going to accept good being deal. a poor golfer, but I get to spend time with some people. Yeah, good deal. That works out well for you, then. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's been okay. Uh, golf season, well, it's, it's over. If you're an NHL player, uh, players have been skating for a while. Training camp for the Edmonton Oilers starts tomorrow. And the uh, quote of significance, of most significance from Ken Holland today, because when it comes to Connor McDavid, he's talked and kind of said, well, I just got to wait and see what the doctors say. And, and Dave Tippett kind of said that earlier this week as well. But Ken Holland came right out and said, Drew, at most one preseason game for McDavid, but very likely none as he recovers from that knee injury suffered in April. Makes total sense. Um Yes, you listen to what your player wants and your coach and the player have obviously already talked. But when you're talking about a player of Connor's magnitude and importance to not only the team but the NHL as well and his age, there's no way you put him in a game if he is not 100%. I, I say he doesn't touch the ice in a competitive situation until he is 100% healthy because this is not about this year. It's not about getting off to a good start. It's not about having a good first month. It's about Connor's career and longevity with the Edmonton Oilers. So I agree with Kim. I don't, you don't need to put him in because, Reed, you and I both have talked to Connor. We've seen Connor in action. All the fans have as well. We all know what Connor's competitive streak is like. We all know how prepared he is for every game. We all know what he does in practice. We get to see him in practice where he competes like crazy on every puck. You don't need him to, you don't have to worry about him being ready when he steps on the ice for good and when he's ready to play in the season because he will be prepared both mentally and physically because that's how he is as a person. That's how he is as a player. So there's no way you need to push him and say, well, let's get a couple games in for you in the exhibition season, the preseason, because, you know, we, we, we want to make sure that you're, you're ready to go. He'll be ready to go as long as he is 100% healthy. So I think it's a good move. It's a prudent, smart um, decision by the general manager who's a prudent and smart man. I wonder, Drew, because I think this leads to a larger discussion about the preseason, and, and it's one we, we will have to varying degrees every piece preseason. And, and you've been on an NHL coaching staff. You've known a lot of NHL coaches. You've known a lot of players over the years. And, you know, I often get the question, well, why why play them at all or let their let them pick that? And, this, and fans and, and other media will ask this about healthy players, right? Yeah. I, I mean, from your experience... Um, you know what? What do veteran players 
need as or should coaches you know be more reluctant just to say i'm not going to put you in till till right before i mean it's it's an interesting conversation especially if something does go wrong in a preseason game for a guy well absolutely and you you, you the general managers and coaches and owners are concerned about when these players go play in the um post if they don't make the postseason if they go play in the world championships or you know the olympics were a big issue or all-star games you're always worried about your players because now players are a huge investment. Back when I was coaching, not so much, but there's still it is important, obviously, to have all your players as healthy as possible. The only guy when I was coaching, the only guys that I, I think that we talked to about how many preseason games you want or what do you think you need, there were two. There was Doug Wilson, uh, who was the Sharks' first captain in the first couple of years. And Doug, again, he was he was like Connor as far as being able or being prepared, and you never had to worry about Doug Wilson. He was a Norris Trophy winner. He was a sage veteran. You didn't have to be concerned about whether he'll be ready for the season because he was going to be ready for the season. And the other one that we talked to was uh, Igor Larionov. Again, uh, Igor was, um, again, a smart guy, a guy who was going to be prepared, a guy that trained very hard, and a guy that was always in shape. So you never really had to worry about him. Other guys, I know that Daryl Sutter would talk to veteran players. He talked to Owen Nolan or Vincent Danfoos or Gary Suter and the goalies, Kelly Rudy and Mike Vernon say, well, how many, how many do you need guys need? But other, other guys would say, we're just putting you in. We're going to give you an X amount of games and we're going to go. But you've got to be a pretty special player to get the exemption, so to speak, the club exemption, if, if, if you will. You know, there is the rule in the NHL. You have to have a certain amount of players who have played a certain amount of games in each preseason game. But as you said, it does bring up a very good point about how many preseason games do we need in the NHL when you're playing an 82-game season? And it's a grind. We know, we know players talk about it all the time. It's a grind to not only play 82 regular season games, but also have that, that amount of preseason games at the start but what wins the dollars win you know money money is important to owners money is important to clubs and i don't begrudge anybody that aspect at all um but i think as far as when you look at the big picture of it if you're a coach you would be looking at your key players now because boy do how how much now do key players do your top players matter unlike before when you would you would it wasn't as wasn't as important to have as those, your top six guys be your top six guys every night. Now it really depends. Your team's winning and losing um, on those top six guys most nights. So you've got to keep them healthy and you've got to keep them rejuvenated and fresh for as long as you can. So I think there's more decision-making goes into putting guys in the preseason than ever before. Drew Rabinder from Sportsnet joining us on Inside Sports. Well, we, we did get an indication today from Holland on, on what the Oilers will use this preseason for. And Holland's talked about it, Tippett's talked about it, and that's lines three and four. Tippett says he doesn't even look at it that way. He just says he has a top six and a bottom six, and you look for some sort of dimension on uh, in the bottom six. And Holland said today the guys competing in those, those spots are going to get five, maybe six of the seven preseason games, depending on the rotation. And, and Drew, uh, we've we've both seen it. If you're not going to be a star in the NHL, you, you got to have some sort of a dimension, and you got to know your role, and at least bring that every night. And then if you chip in a goal or two or, or something along the way, uh, obviously that's needed to be a really good team. But look, the Oilers made the playoffs in 2017. Obviously, Connor was outstanding. Talbot was outstanding. 
but but they had role players who who knew their uh-huh. roles, embraced those roles, and did their jobs. And I think they're looking from some of those players, guys from Europe, uh, Archibald, Shane, Granlund. They're they're looking for guys to embrace who they are again. I think. I agree with you. I I think that um, you can look at the Edmonton Oilers for well since for the last six years since well since Connor's been there without a doubt. You can't really debate Connor with Leon, Ryan Nugent Hawkins, Jordan Eberle when he was there. You, the, the top players, for the most part, they go out and they perform like crazy. And they get the job done on most nights. But it's it's more than that. It's, it's, you know, we just talked about the importance of top players, that you will rise and fall with the top players. You need those, those depth guys as well to be a long-term good team, especially if you're getting close to postseason play. Because you do have to, some nights, take the weight off the shoulders of Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, and, and, well, James Neal maybe. James is going to have some pressure of his own. <clears throat> Excuse me. So... When you look at what these guys are going to do, what these, what the opportunity these guys are going to get, they're going to get an opportunity to show that they can be impact players. There's a former Edmonton Oiler coach that used to ask players, what do you do? He did individually, what do you do? And that's a great question for a, for a coach to ask a player and for the player to be able to answer it. So when you're out in the ice, tell me, what do you do? In other words, what's your identity? We talk about team identity all the time. They're, they're a fast team. They're a hard forechecking team. They're a good special teams team. You know, they've got great goaltending, whatever it happens to be. But as an individual, what do you do? What do you bring to the show every night? And those bottom six guys are going to have to be able to not only answer that, but also make sure they go out and prove that every night. So your bottom six guys have got to be either fast, tenacious, energy guys. They've got to be, I'm a good four checker. I get in, I, I always finish my checks. I'm a guy who, um, who gets pucks out of our own zone. I'm a guy who's real smart on the breakout. I'm a guy who plays well in our defense zone. Whatever you may be as a player, make sure you're that. If you're not, then how are you helping out the club? Because you're not if you're not, helping, if you're not doing your job. All right. So, so sorry. So I'm going to say you've got to play to, to Dave's system, Dave Tippett's system, but you've also got to play to your own identity. Okay. So let me close with this. Then uh, I, I I started by asking you about something from your, your coaching or broadcasting career. I'll close there as well. A role player you coached or covered who just embraced it, who just knew I'm not going to be a star, but I can do X and Y for eight to twelve minutes every night. And everybody knows I'm going to do it, and that's going to be how I contribute. Who really embraced that better than anybody else? Uh, through my career as a coach and broadcaster, there were a ton of guys. But the guys that stick out for me more than anything was Mike Ricci and Scott Thornton. Those were two guys. And I had Mickey Sundstrom played in that line as well. That line was a third line, and they were fantastic for the San Jose Sharks. That's when I was broadcasting. But I would say Ricci. Thornton and Sundstrom uh, and, and they, they were a cycle line they were a line that got pucks deep they were a line that just went out and just did their job every single night without even blinking an eye and I once asked them, I said, when you guys are out there together um, what's what's going on? What are you thinking? What are you hearing? What are you saying? And Mike Ricci said, circus music. That's all we do. We get out there, <laughs> trade circus, and get it going. <laughs> so that would be that would that would be the, the three guys that immediately jumped to the top of my head. 
Oh, that's amazing. Well, Drew, uh, we will not be playing circus music when you when you walk into Rogers Place for training camp. Some, yeah. We'll come up with something far grander. <laughs> yeah. No, I think the booze are sufficient. That's okay. Oh, come on, Drew. No one's going to boo you. Great to have you on the show again. Drew Remender from Sportsnet. Oilers training camp starts tomorrow morning. We have a preseason broadcast already coming up on Monday night. Blue Jays, look at this, up 8-0 on Boston. That game is in the top of the sixth. A little more from uh, Ken Holland in the next half hour of the show as he spoke today. And uh, the highlight from what he said, if you missed it earlier, Connor McDavid will play at most one, very likely none when it comes to preseason games. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.